0: It's Lisa Kordoff. Welcome to the podcast where you can expect inspiring, raw, energising and transformative conversations with people on the path of personal evolution. I'm here to really live my life. And if you are too, these conversations are just for you. I'm really glad you're here. Enjoy. It's always a nice day. When I am staring at the face of the beautiful Belinda Smith. Hi, Belle.
1: Hey, Lisa. You (laughs) always say the sweetest things, even when you're feeling like, you know, the grays are coming out a bit too much. It's time to do something about Um, that. (laughs) Stop it. Aging
0: is a whole thing and we can, I don't know, I'm just choosing to embrace, you know. Yeah. Yeah um you are gorgeous but look at that smile um I'm really glad that you're here today because I love your story of change I've loved um watching you I mean this is not the first time I've I've had you on the podcast uh is
1: it I think think a long time I don't know a long time ago maybe because I anyway. met you
0: when um, you were traveling around Australia. So, I mean, this is the thing. You're a really interesting person who has lived a really interesting life. And I admi- I admired you from a distance for a long time. I mean, who sells up their house in Sydney, buys a bus, does it up, and then travels around Australia teaching kids about what's in their lunchboxes. I mean, it was <laughs> so inspiring to watch. And we met one night on the Gold Coast. Um, we had a dinner with some mutual friends and I was invited along. I'm like, yes, I'm going to go meet this amazing woman who does this crazy thing. Who is she? And then we've always stayed in contact. You are, you've been an extraordinary friend to me. Um, you know, you met, you and Israel met Nick. We had a lovely lunch together. Um, and I just, I value you as a human, um, and as someone who is living out her passion and lives in a state of service to that passion and to the health of kids and families everywhere with such integrity, like you have a huge amount of integrity. You're super smart and, I am just so glad to know you. And then to think that a cheeky little program called Ready for Change actually had an impact on you that helped you accelerate into just even being more of the amazing Bell Smith, like, is very, very humbling and makes my day. So I'm really excited to have you here to share oh my- that.
1: Gosh, what an introduction. (laughs) Um, I remember that dinner because I was thinking the same as, oh, my God, I'm going to get to meet Lisa Kornoff tonight. (laughs) You know, (laughs) so interesting, isn't it? The stuff that goes on. But, um, yeah, look, Ready for Change really did, like, blow my mind. Um, So let's uh, talk about,
0: well, I mean, you've done a lot of amazing things, but where were you at in... We did you do it in 2019? Like what was what was yeah, going on? it was the very first
1: ready for change. very so, first
0: ready for change. So what where did you feel stark? Why were oh, you like, oh yes, I need to do this?
1: I felt like my world was crumbling. So we had traveled Australia, sold our house, traveled Australia two and a half years, you know, national TV, radio, newspaper, everything. Really felt like I was making a difference. And then you know, our my daughter was due to start high school and um, Israel was ready to stop traveling. And so we parked our bus on a block of land that we bought and we were living in that. And I was really missing the the, the vibe from travel. The, the seeing people all the time. I was I was devastated about I know this sounds stupid, but twenty-four seven in a 20 square, you know, square meter bus with kids for two and a half years. I really loved being that close with them. Mm. And so when they were going off to school, I literally cried every single day. It was almost to the point that I would sit in the assemblies and up the back bawling my eyes out (laughs) about the fact that they, you know, weren't with me, you know, like it was really crazy. And then, of course, I was dealing with the fact that Um, I needed to find a new way to operate my business because I would, you know, the bus would precede us wherever we went. People knew the big green bus was rolling into town. And well, when the big green bus stopped rolling into town, how did people know what I did? So I was struggling with all of that. Plus, I knew with everything I learned from traveling around, that were still people reaching for me from WA from Queensland saying, can you come here? And I knew I couldn't keep leaving my family behind because mm. I was doing that for a while. Um and so I started to train up other people. So things started to shift there as well. So everything just felt like it had been lifted my whole life for the last two and a half years, everything I'd built felt like it was on one of like, you know, those rugs that you throw all the Lego in mm-hmm. and pull it up. Yep. I felt like it had been pulled apart and all the Lego ripped off. Like it was just, yeah, so that's yes. pretty much. Oh, and I was I had been giving evidence to parliamentary committees about what I'd found around Australia and my work had just been mentioned in Parliament but none of my recommendations had actually been taken forward and so I was ticked off. Like I was literally so pissed off that bureaucrats and the food and beverage industry were getting to say how things should work for our kids. So I was filthy dirty with that. So I'd started writing a book as well. Um, And at the time for Ready for Change, I was really, I had invested so much time into that book, but I had shelved it because I thought, oh, this is actually going to ruffle feathers and people won't like me and I'll never get work. And, yeah, I was in a mess just popping in
0: with a quick little reminder that our 30 Days to 30 Ways to Make Life Easier is about to kick off. It's almost time for our pre-order sale to disappear. So if you're interested in the most delightful, helpful, spacious, audios to be entering your earbuds over the next 30 days that will help you just strip back and make life easier day to day, then go ahead, secure the discount straight away via the URL in the show notes. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. You are in a bit of a mess. So you came on in (laughs) and you started to work through the program Tell me what some of the big light bulb moments were. I mean, just before we were talking about um, one of your core values being mm. freedom, were you aware of your values? I mean, you no. seem to be someone who does live her values, but
1: I don't think I had labels for it. Mm. I think like integrity is one is like one of my top three. Um, and uh, so that's like, I've always, like, I was a bit of a straighty e 180 at school, you know, like, so I've always had that, you know, value, but I never knew that it was a value. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, I had no idea. Like, and freedom is a big one. And, you know, like, there's, that's been challenged quite a lot through COVID because you know our nice. my business was all schools, mm-hmm. and when schools closed up, there was no schools, so no business. So, um, so I've had to question: Do I, you know, really want to keep doing what I'm doing? Like, do I need to find another way, or do I just say, you know, what I'm turning my back on children's health? Someone else can deal, you know, like trying to be a stand and all of that. Um. So yes, the values was highly highly powerful because it made me start to ask like when things were uncertain, it was like a real check in, you know, like if I did this, like if I stopped standing for children's health and went and got a job down at the local resort cleaning toilets, would I be integrity for what I want to stand for for my kids? Would it give me the freedom? And so that was like my barometer. Like yeah, it was like so good. Uh, actually no, I can't do that. Like, I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and isn't it, like, because so many times we find it hard to make decisions, those big decisions, Um, and I love my values as little signposts, like, hey, this way, hey, this way. Like, that's going to feel off or this is the reason why it's feeling off is because even although it might make sense on paper, it's actually not who you are or Mm. what you want. So. With, I mean, a lot of the times, and you've seen it now, I mean, you've done Ready for Change, um, Live the Change, and you've been in this work for a while, and I think what happens is that um, when people come in, or I think just the way that we're brought up, (laughs) like what society tells us, is that a lot of the reasons why we can't get what we want or live the way that feels good to us is kind of due to circumstances that are outside us and what ready for change does is put a spotlight on like that stuff still exists like there were like and i think covid's been amazing at that at showing us like yeah sometimes your external circumstances are, are immovable and they're actually going to really impact how you feel for sure undeniable however like what role are we playing in this? And how might, without even consciously being aware of it most of the time, are we limiting ourselves? So I would love to know from you, what were some of the the stories, like the beliefs that came up for you that you realised, oh, that's why I might have shelved the book? Or, oh, that's why I found myself here. Can you remember some of those
1: early stories well the first one was imposter syndrome like Mm. who am I to be writing this book because I don't have letters after my name right a really big one um and even I still even to this day I still sometimes catch myself in that like because I'm you know like always up for every couple of years there's got to be like the next big thing that I do so Bass, the book now it's like a TED talk and I'm finding myself again like who am I to think that I can do a TED talk you know so I'm constantly this work is so powerful because I would hate to think if I hadn't done this how much I would have limited myself Mm. you know like fascinating so yeah imposter syndrome was a big one Um, the fear of not being liked like for saying things that offend people And now it's like, you know, Israel used to say to me on the bus, you know, Belle, what would Jamie Oliver do? And while I was in the bus, I felt like I had, you know, like balls of steel, right? Like I could just say what I want. I've got the platform. But when we didn't have that as the icon, I started to play small again. So RFC really made me realize that, like you know what, it's got nothing to do with the bus. Everything was in your heart, like, you know. So that whole fear um, element was huge. Um, The money come up and, you know, just um, thinking about, do can this work, you know, like can this work in a different form and, Yeah, I just think, and and like I said, the the values were so important for that and your little formula around becoming unstuck, you know, like just really asking myself, okay, let's be real here. Is this going to happen 100% of the time? Well, if not, it's total BS. Like, and just everything, pretty much everything that stops you when you ask yourself that question, it is BS.
0: Like is this true one hundred percent of the it's, time is there ever yeah. a, is there ever a time where this might not be true and if that's the case then you've just latched on to something told yourself it enough that you believe it as a truth but really it's just a story and then you have to choose 100%. yeah new stories i I love that you bring up <clears throat> imposter syndrome because, this is, it is so common and the fear of not being liked, you know, you have a big platform, you have something to say, you know, you do stand for something. I love how you keep on saying that stand for children's health. Um, but it's, it plays out in women's lives in all sorts of ways. Like we stay small or silent sometimes in our most intimate relationships because we don't want to Mm. ruffle feathers. Like you said, ruffle feathers. We say yes to things like volunteering at school when we're actually already completely overwhelmed in our lives, because we just want people to like us and we want to be likable. And we want to, you know, I see it happening all the time. Um, It's not, it's and so I just wanted to reflect that if people like, oh well, that's not me because I mean I'm never, I don't have a mission like Belle does or or something like that. It's it's actually it's actually a bit more insidious than that. And you think about all the people who um sit at and they are in corporate roles or you know whatever, in, in roles where they've got a boss or they're competing with other people for uh, a role and they're just, they they let that, oh, well, I'll just, I won't even put my hand up because I'm not, I don't have as much experience as that or um I've only been here for two years and other people have been here for 10. Really, it's not my turn. Um, Who would I be to get that role? Everyone will hate me if I do. And we just sit back. We just sit back and we don't go for it and claim what might be exactly the right next thing for us. It actually drives me wild because I think about the world right now and how we actually need women activated into like beyond these fears like it's always going to feel scary it's always going to feel scary to do something like that we're always going to be worried if someone doesn't like us or if things that we say might upset someone else but we have to say them sometimes too like and we have to go for it we have to be a bit bolder and the only thing the biggest thing that gets in our way isn't actually you know the stuff out there it's how we're talking to
1: ourselves Oh, 100%. The, the mind chatter, oh. catching the mind chatter is just, I think, um, one of the biggest things for me was in, you know, I think, I think it's the very first module we do with Fleur Chambers and yeah. the, the meditation. Um, when I, I think it was about four times I listened to that to give myself the freedom to actually really, dream and stop squashing it mm. you know it was really um really fascinating to enter to, like why did I do that and I think I even spoke in one of our Q&A's where I whenever I went to a toilet cubicle I would go to the second one because I couldn't go to the first one because like I wasn't worthy of going to the first bloody cubicle in the toilet like just monitoring your behavior like the stupidest little things you know, and um, so whilst RSV, RFC gave me massive freedom, like it gave me the courage to go out and publish my book, you know, like just get off the fence. You've been writing it for 18 months. Like just get off the fence, right? It actually massively shifted my home life as well. Like um, my relationship with my husband totally changed because We've always had a very close relationship, particularly like, you know, like I said, living in a small space for two and a half years um, and working in business together. We'd worked in business together for 17 years, but um, discovering that, you know, that in a way I had kind of submissive behaviours and, you know, like, okay, dad has previously had depression and suffered so we've got to walk on eggshells you know like waking up every day thinking about you know like what do I need to do today to keep him happy and if I hadn't have done the RFC work that led me into LTC I would never have got to the point of recognizing that as a an unhealthy behavior Mm. for myself let alone for him because um, of course when did discover that and come clean with with him. He then was like, "Well, thank God, because this is how I feel every day." So it's this work is so powerful, and you've got to be prepared to get uncomfortable, like yeah. really uncomfortable.
0: What were the what were the ripple effects from that? From you, kind of. <clears throat> You guys acknowledging that there was this pattern of behavior that maybe wasn't super healthy. Like what happened? Because like, you know, I think actually a lot of people are scared when when I'm promote, people are always like, Does this mean I'm gonna end up leaving my my husband? Um, or things aren't okay. I don't know if I'm ready for change. And it's like, I actually think. Well, what I've seen from the women who've joined is that they can have really big light bulb moments about things that they've been telling themselves for a very long time, ways of being that they have normalized for themselves, that when they put a spotlight on it, they're like, oh, maybe it's not true that, Mm. you know, I need him to be this and this and this and this so that I can be this and this and this. Well, if that's not the case, who am I bringing to this relationship? What? Where's my level of responsibility for what's going on here? And, and one person in the relationship having that moment can actually be the most powerful thing to bring things that you've been missing and a dynamic that is actually ends up being more mature more nuanced more loving than you could imagine that's what I see from a lot of of women is that their relationships that they thought might have been on the edge get better mm. but how 100%. did that actually work for you because I'm interested in this because you know sometimes I think the other thing that I hear is that women are like, well, I'm changing and he's not. Mm. You know, What if I change and he doesn't or doesn't receive things well?
1: Well, yes, that I think that is a risk, but then it comes down to, in a way to who you're being when you're in that space of talking. So what I actually really discovered about myself, it was quite ugly, is that, like, I was living from a place of control and fear. Everything was around, you know, like making sure that this didn't happen, so that didn't happen, like just constant. No wonder I was bloody always tired, you know, like no wonder I was always stressed. Because you're just trying to control so much. Mm-hmm. Well, the really ugly part was in doing that and thinking that I was doing it from a place of love was actually making him feel small. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I come clean, um and he was then able, like it was like giving him wings. like all of a sudden he didn't need to be, you know like caught up in that cocoon anymore like he was able to be himself and it really was a catalyst for a massive shift because you know like it was gave him permission to actually say look I love and I'm passionate about what you do but it's not my passion I don't really want to be in the business anymore you know like um so yeah huge really huge and um in fact I learned so much about myself in that process that that's what I take into you know my work now with people is you know like nutrition starts way before eating it's all stuff that's going on you know like the the stories we've got in our backpack around food at the dinner table when we were there you know all of that and it took me seeing that in my own household to actually really identify it and so now I always talk about are you coming from a place of control or fear or is it loving support you know like are we mm-hmm. positively expecting that things that you, your child who's a picky eater that they will just you know at some point in time when they're ready they will get it or are we like so fearful that you know that they're not going to get the nutrition that we keep badgering them and then they build up anxiety and we don't even realize it's going on like it's this work is so powerful because it gets you to actually recognize in yourself behaviors you didn't even know existed
0: yes mm. oh so much and it's so interesting i think food is so fascinating when it comes to stories and i mean you know that i i mean i started out with just teaching people simple whole foods and i've ended up t- teaching about M- more mindset related stuff because I realized it's like, anyone can follow an eating plan if they're a person who likes following eating plans. Now, the majority of people don't want to follow someone else's plan, or they don't identify as being someone who, you know, is wanting, needing to be told what to do. And And who is it that thinks that there is a one-size-fits-all solution to every single family or human on the planet? There just isn't. The whole concept of just do this and you'll be healthy is so backwards and yet we can even kind of get that. But we still hold ourselves up to this crazy standard. It's a total mind fuck. Like <laughs> if, and, and I think when you witness it playing out in people, like you would in your work, it's it, it does it, it does make you realize your own stuff. But it makes you realize just undeniably that the game is mental. Yeah. a lot um but not to say that you know once again um i do think uh financial constraints time constraints you know health constraints are real for people um i know for me especially um in that year sort of following nick's passing even just becoming a solo parent i was not i was i was not cooking and eating in the same way that I always had or that you know that I had been since my kids there's been a lot introduced to my kids over the last two years of lockdowns and like how do I make life feel exciting and oh my god I've got no energy I'm so over food and cooking oh my god (laughs) uber eats time and I just don't make it mean anything because I know I know the foundations and I know that life has ups and downs and that it's all gonna be okay. It's the way I think about it that's gonna give me more angst than anything else.
1: One hundred percent. Because you've got to think of it like an ocean, like people, have fallen off the wagon, I've fallen into bad habits. Well, no, is that actually really true? Because like you've been here before and you've got out, right? right. So, you know, you've already got and, proof. And yes. And that that's the the whole you know the simplicity of rfs uh, rfc why do i keep saying rfc <laughs> anyway you know that simple question you ask yourself is it 100 percent true 100 percent of the time like it's so gold because you will always find that actually no you know what my daughter doesn't eat cucumber now but she used to so maybe one day she will in the future you know like it's it, it, it is all bs so we just need to give ourselves that permission and really um really question I think you know be curious always be asking yourself the questions you know like is it true what am I making it mean like you know like what am I making it means huge you know it's um the same as when you, you're having the conversations with your kids you know I'm at that age my daughter's at that age now 15 and it's a whole new different dynamic she's just bought herself a car what? You know, she is I know at all. No, <laughs> this is and, not happening and I'm like in my head I instantly went into that you know that whole mother thing you know behind the wheel fear blah 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 and you're you just really have to catch yourself. And I don't think I would have got that awareness had I have not done this work. And so, I mean, you, you pay for it once, right? But it is a lifetime. Like there is always another layer of the onion mm-hmm. to pull back because every area of your life changes daily daily. Like yep. you don't don't wake up today the same as yesterday. Right. Your family don't wake up. You don't know what goes on at school. So, you know, like yeah, it's just always it's, different.
0: There will always be things that trigger you and surprise you that they're triggering you. That question of what am I making it mean and, and being a meaning-making machine I think also really comes into play in our relationships too. It's like, you know, what you made um Israel's um, mental health issues mean it's my job to fix it and Mm. do all of this and this and this and this and um and it's like well no hang on a minute let's just put a question mark over that is is that what it means and I find it super I've found it a super question to be asking myself all the time especially being in a relationship beyond my marriage where you're getting to know a whole new human who has you know 50 years of living and loving and their own stuff like he's got stuff and I've got stuff and To just be able to neutralize sometimes and go, hang on, I'm making an interpretation here. I actually don't have the information that I need in order to be able to fully understand this. So I'm just not going to go down the rabbit hole. I'm just not going to go there for myself and start making interpretation after interpretation when, you know, to be honest, it would just be making meaning of something I actually don't fully understand. So I'll just wait till we have a conversation about it and then and then I'll decide and I think it's just it's the same with our with our kids too they're this they're that that means I am this or I am that you know it's just this entanglement isn't it
1: Mm. and that the what are you making it mean is so powerful because I mean, Israel discovered this about himself and I shared it with, um, with our members because it, it's a real food thing. He used to get so upset with the kids at the table with eating with their fingers, like their cutlery's there and they'll have their fork, but instead of using the knife to push it on, you know, they'd use their fingers. And so he would get so ticked off. And then when he actually stopped, because, of course, the beautiful thing is when you do something like RFC, your partner then goes, oh, I want a bit of that kind of mm-hmm. action so they you know go and find their own stuff so he started to ask himself those questions and when he actually really got to what am I making it mean he realized that what upset him the most about them putting the using their fingers was actually because if they went to a friend's house and they use their fingers at their house they're going to actually think I'm a bad parent
0: wow so it
1: wasn't actually about the kids it was actually about him And unless, you know, like our our job for our kids is to realise that they're going to be meaning-making machines themselves, right? But everything that we learn and develop that we can try to instil in them Mm -hmm. as well. So, you know, I don't know, it's just like trying to do the best you can not to fuck them up as much that we were. (laughs) Like really, you know, and we say that to our kids all the time, you know, we're just making it up. I mean, did our parents have to do with mobile phones, TikTok, mm-hmm. freaking YouTube, Minecraft, pandemic, mm-hmm. climate, Ukraine? Like, right. no. So we are just making it up every day. And I, I, I just think when you become aware of the role that you play,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, awareness comes up, obviously in rfc about you know like really becoming aware when you are awake to your role in stuff Mm. you see the impact you have like my 15 year old now i really have to practice when she's gets home from school and she strips off and she's like into her pajamas straight away and which is a daily thing you know that's cool but um and she just goes on and i'm thinking oh my really you know I've actually had to learn rather than go into the problem solving you know which is me just trying to fix which is another thing I discovered about myself you know as a fixer um, is I have to actually just say do you need to vent or do you want advice and oh my gosh that is a hard thing as a mum to learn that you know the best job that we can do is to let them learn themselves not fix it for them
0: all the time yeah because that's where power lies you know we don't want to raise kids who are just like mom 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 every second day when they've moved out of home it's like what's their own internal uh, and of course we can provide that that barometer of you know and does this feel good? Does that feel good? And ask them leading questions. But ultimately, it's helping them learn how to help themselves, really. I've, I've, you know, me and my story of codependence and absolutely thinking that I needed a solution for everyone. Nick used to say to me, stop solutionizing. Don't need a solution. Stop solutionizing. And I'd be like, yeah, but it's so obvious to me that this. And, uh, you know, why don't you just try this? Or here, have you listened to this podcast? This really will solve your problems. Here's a cheeky little book that I'm just going to put under your pillow. because, (laughs) And it's actually arrogant. It's actually not cool to think that you, in your humanness, and all of your flaws and all the shit you've got to work through, actually know what's right for another person. We don't. And we act as though we do, and we get into control and we make it mean, like, this is what love is. And if I'm not doing this, and if I'm not coming up with solutions, and if I'm not finding a way, then I'm a bad person. It, as you said, it devalues that other person and their mm. own journey through things. And, oh, I mean, yeah, for sure. I am finding that absolutely fascinating to. To catch myself in and to work through in this, in a new relationship, because I'm like, well, that's a grown human over there. And, you know, he's, we both felt really funky since having COVID, like, you know, just really sort of flat, really. And I've been, you know, doing stuff for myself and I've been conscious not to dance around or try to make things better. Aside from just being supportive and being there, but it's like you can also you know yourself. You know what you need to do, and off he goes. You know he's doing the things that he knows he needs to do to try to feel better, and vice versa. And it was, but it was funny because I there's so much that I'm learning about post COVID health and all of that sort of stuff. I just wanna, you know, just say I've I've read this. This has really helped me, but not like you should. Blah, 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 blah. Same with my kids. Yeah. Like it's always about how does that feel in your tummy? I don't know. We can all eat different things, but you just check in with yourself. How are you feeling?
1: Yeah, so important. I mean, the um the I think stand you know, like stay in your own lane. Like that's you bring in amazing experts into um, your programs and Lisa Carpenter, like to the program eh, because you not only to get lisa caught off but you get lisa carpenter
0: she's amazing
1: her voice stay in your own lane is something like i hear it all the time you know like is this actually really my shit like do yes. i need to get in is that puddle mine? with it yes like, <laughs> oh god no. yes i have to say it's not always easy because when you are uh, you know like Habitual, like this is what you have been doing for 50 in you know, the years. Well, actually, I'm 50, I haven't been doing it for 50 years, been doing it for a lot of years, at least 20 in this relationship. You know, it's hard to catch yourself. But you know, so many times I can tell you where I've actually heard myself. And I know that if I hadn't have heard that little voice. I would have got in that puddle. I would have mm. kicked around in the dirt. We would have both had, you know, mud and crap all over us. It's it's actually really so much more peaceful for yourself and for your partner when you can actually just disengage. Eh, hands off the wheel. It's not okay. It's not know, like, This
0: is yours. Yeah. 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 Um, so tell me, just to finish up, what what have been just the major changes for you like where what would you say maybe and you've alluded to this a lot throughout like the book and all of that sort of thing but where do you think you are now and and even israel too because i mean he's had some pretty big changes off the back of you kicking off your own changes where are you right now and why does it feel better <sighs>
1: I think because I've actually really become present to that there's stuff that's always going to go wrong around outside of you, and you can either be a victim to the circumstance, or you can go, okay, that's what's happening. What can I do? Like, what can I control for myself? Yeah. Um, and just always coming from a place that there's, you know, around the edges, anyone can say and think. You have the choice about how do you want to make it feel, you know, like do you want to take it on, do you not want to take it on, you know, like we really are the master of our own destiny and I'm, I'm coming up against that even now like, you know, um, COVID with schools closing down, we had to oh. change the models of my business so we had to start to go online and now, you know, like now schools are going back but, you know, you've you've got no control over whether it works. So a couple of weeks ago, I was due to be in a school. I had left home, due to be in a school, and then I had to return because my daughter got COVID and we had to go into ISO. So I've just had to reshape that side of the business again so that we can not have to worry about going into schools. If someone gets COVID, then another instructor can step up and we can do it remote. So it's always knowing that all of that's happening out there but we can actually still move forward like we don't have to be the victim of what's going on out there Mm -hmm. we have that power Mm -hmm. right in ourselves so that that's massive and I really do I know that my kids are seeing that and Mm -hmm. I know that they're changing for themselves I mean um my daughter last night I was having a chat to her about feelings like you know big conversations that I would never have had the language or the inclination to do before um and it's it's actually you know like work that's gonna be so powerful for her because she can put a label onto things about how she's feeling rather than I'm just angry yeah but you know why but like, where where are you on this spectrum you know yeah so as a parent, I would never have had those conversations.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: Very different. And I guess the other thing, synchronicity of timing, your program come along obviously just at the right time because I was prepared for when COVID hit. I was like, okay, right, that's out of my control. What do I need to do? But also because not long after that, Israel's dad took his own life and had... We're not. I had not started and he started his own work. I'm pretty sure that that circumstance um, of his dad taking his life would have fundamentally um, affected in a negative way what went on in our family. But we were able to take a step back from that and you know really look at it and go yes okay it's horrific it's sad i've got the right to be angry but i can also be really you know like what did i learn from my dad how what a gift you know all of this is so i know it's not just talking about today i'm just thinking that it's so profound that when you really embody it and i guess in some ways i'm i'm a bit of a lurker like i don't like I value not being on social media all the time and I don't want to be turning up everywhere and so I was kind of quiet a lot of the time but when I really like some of those lessons were like <laughs> you know just so huge and I think for anyone that's out there if you're thinking I don't know if I want to uncover stuff about myself or, um, or I don't know what happens if my partner doesn't get it. Just be curious, you know, like if there's, if, if you're actually been thinking, sitting on the fence, do I really need this kind of thing? I'd actually say, yes, you do. Because if you're thinking, you know, like, do I, do I not, then it obviously means that there's something there, right? Um, and you won't look back. I mean, you will be confronted in a good way, yep. in a really, very good way, and the and it is a ripple effect. You know, like yeah. it really is.
0: Yeah, I yes, I love hearing all of that. And um, you know, we encourage people when they join to choose an area of their life that feels particularly <clears throat> sticky, and some people really do focus in on that area other people just cannot help but have the principles that they learn just shift things all over all over the place um and it's always for <laughs> for the better um mm. you know it's never it's never a bad thing for a woman to get curious about herself discover stuff about herself it's actually freeing it's freeing when you think, oh my God, it's not my fault. That was just sitting there. I took that on when I was 18 and I have literally not stopped telling myself that thing. Oh my God. Well, I can get rid of that with, with the process that we teach. And then, and then, oh my God. Well, then if that's not real, I'm, I can do the thing or I can say the thing or like, it's just, it's amazing. I, I just love, I mean, I love, People also just knowing you who might not have known you, even though I think everyone should know you, but just in case they don't, we'll have all the links of, of where to find you. Um, and I think you've got your kids' health quest coming up soon. I don't know when this will go live, not this week, so not next week, but the week after probably. Will people be able to learn something from you if they've liked what they hear around food and stuff?
1: Always, I mean, obviously, I've got loads of stuff that I, I give away free on my socials, which is the root cause uh, AU. Um, but I am running an empowering kids masterclass on the thirty first of March. Two of them on that day, and then one on the first of April. So if people have, you know, heard this before, then be sure to jump on to that. Um, otherwise, you know, you could reach out through our support box, and we might be able to click your
0: replay of that as well. Awesome. We'll definitely give everyone the link to that. And, um, you know, they could buy your book. Yours is still one of my favorite weekly emails to receive. Can I just say? (laughs) Um, So always jam packed, but that's the integrity piece, right? Like you're in this because you really, really want to make a difference. And, I think you're doing a smashing job and I'm going to be cheering you all the way with your TED Talk. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see the continued evolution of, of Bell Smith because it's an exciting ride to witness. Thank you.
1: Uh, and I just want to say thank you to you and your team, obviously, because, you know, none of us can do what we do without our, our team. But, um, yeah, it's the, the TED Talk is challenging me in more ways than I would have liked, but I would never have thought I could take it on had I have not got all the courage that I've got from doing your programs.
0: I feel like you had it all the time. You just needed to get out of your own way. So I'm glad that you did. Thanks for sharing your story of change,
1: Belle. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening.
0: Hey, if you want to learn exactly how to start moving through the stories that are keeping you stuck and you want to delve into these self-defeating thinking patterns that so many of us have, then I've got a free workshop that you can go and watch right now. In it, I, I highlight some of the main stories that I see women telling themselves that often lead women into a spiral of self-sabotage. You also learn how to let yourself off the hook a little bit more because when you understand how your brain is actually working to create this, then you feel a lot breezier about your life. Trust me. In this workshop, you'll also start moving towards the things that you want by the end. I absolutely promise you'll have a new perspective on your next step forward and that can be in any area of your life where you feel stuck. I can't wait for you to go and check it out. It's totally free. The link is in the show notes. Enjoy. Hey, if you're enjoying the conversation, then it would mean the world to me if you head over to iTunes and give us a rating and review. It really makes a difference. And it's my intention to get as many of us involved in real conversations that really change the game as possible. Thanks so much for your help and I'll see you in the next episode.